So a bit about this season of the podcast, it's about taking a listener through the entire CSAP journey. So the earlier episodes focused on how to actually get into CSAP. And with that episode, we talked about the application process and the assessment center itself. Our last episode talked about what actually happens in the program itself, whether it's the training, the on-the-job experience, and the shadowing. And that leads us to this part of the, the podcast season journey with yourself as a guest, in which we want to discuss what happens after CSAP and more on a high level, like what the importance of CSAP actually is and what it brings to an organization like Cisco. Before we get into that, do you want to just give a quick introduction about who you are, how you got to where you are today, and a bit about your background in Cisco. And I can see you're wearing a Meraki shirt, so I guess how you ended up in there as well. Okay, no problem. So Jason Purnell, I'm really excited to be here today. I'll be celebrating 16 years next month. If you know me or if you've seen my profile, I started in the CSAP program 16 years ago. So Cisco's been my only real professional job out of college. So it's been quite a journey. Starting in the CSAP program, I was at the time we were in that program for a year. And then I went out to the field and I went out to Los Angeles, in which I was a collaboration specialist. And then I was asked to cover our biggest accounts in downtown Los Angeles after that. So then I became an account manager before helping some of our senior leaders roll out what we call geo account managers now that work very closely with virtual sales account managers. And then I became a leader at Cisco. So about six years in, I started my leadership journey at Cisco. And now I'm about 10 years into that. And today I'm the global vice president of sales for Meraki, our fastest growing multi-billion dollar business at Cisco. So it's been quite a journey. But before that, I was a portfolio sales leader. I was a data center leader for all the West. And before coming over to Meraki, I led the Catalyst Wireless and Switching Business, our biggest portfolio at Cisco, globally moving that business from perpetual licensing to subscription licensing over the course of the three and a half years that I was in that position. 16 years, wow. Is there a reason why you went to, because you mentioned a lot of things and I want to get to each one of those as well. But first, like why my Meraki of all the, the different offerings? You know, it's a, it's a good question because once you get to a certain part of your career, you have more flexibility to choose some of the things you want to do. Like I felt early in my career, whatever job presented itself or whatever my leadership team asked me to do, I was going to do that job. But... A couple years ago, I knew I was ready for my next step, which was to be a vice president at the organization or an executive here at Cisco. And my next job, I wanted to make sure I was inspired by the person I was going to be working with and for. I wanted to be inspired by the values. Values are critical for me. And I wanted to be excited about what we could do for our customers, like ultimately how we can help them get to their goals. And when I think about those three elements, one, I truly believe in Todd Nightingale's vision and what he's doing with the Meraki cloud platform. So that was an easy one. Like I wanted to work closer with Todd. Two, Meraki has four main values. Be brave, everybody in, simplify everything, and care deeply. And in my household, we run our, our family by values and principles as well. So I could really align to the Meraki values. And I think it's a perfect match for the person I am. So I, I really believe I bring my full self to work in this job. 
And then finally, if you think about the Meraki platform in the actual market, customers love it. The feedback that we get on the platform, the growth that we're seeing, we will go from a $2.1 billion business at the start of FY20 to a $4.5 billion business at the end of this year. So we will more than double a multi-billion dollar business in the two years that I've been here. And that's all about customers voting with their dollars about the Meraki platform and how good it is for what they're trying to achieve. I love that. Okay, that's a great way to summarize how you got to where you are today. But to backtrack a bit is what I also want to focus on. But I guess before that, maybe I can introduce myself a bit as well. So I'm currently in CSAP as a, an associate sales representative based in Singapore. So quite fresh out of university myself, I studied overseas. I came back to Singapore because of COVID, which is where I've been based for most of my life. And I came across the CSAP opportunity sometime last year, and I guess here I am. And that's why I'm very honored to have someone as a guest who's been in the CSAP program or who has been in Cisco for so long and really knows the ins and outs of the program because that's kind of where you started today or back then. So you mentioned that Cisco has been your only job after university. Yes. How did you come across the CSAP opportunity in the first place as a, as a fresh grad and did you always know that you wanted to go into tech or into this sort of graduate scheme opportunity? So Ella, I had no idea about Cisco before someone brought it to me. My story is actually an interesting one. I thought I would play sports through college and I realized quickly when I was at the University of Arizona that my sports days were limited, I would say. So in my sophomore year of studies, someone said, you have to go to this Cisco breakout that they're doing tonight because we were getting ready for a job fair. And I was like, okay, I don't know Cisco, but I'll go because you're saying I have to go. So I went there. I sat in the room for that 75 minutes or whatever it was. And I fell in love with the account manager and the SE and how much passion they had about working for Cisco. And what this gentleman, his name was Matt Freeman, said, we changed the way people work, live, play, and learn. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. Like, I want to work for that company, I think. So then I go to the library, and literally, I'm in the library. The session probably ended at 7 o'clock, and I walk out of the library that night at 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, I watched so many John Chambers movies, so many commercials. I was doing trainings, and I was like, I'm going to go land that job in the CSAP program. But I was only a sophomore. So then... Um, I landed an offer, but Cisco said, you can either end early and finish your third year and come to the CSAP program, or we'll wait for you and you can go for the two years. You can finish two years and you'll have a job waiting for you. So I actually ended school early to come work for Cisco. So I ended in three years. Growing up as a diverse kid in the States where you believe opportunity might only come to you in sports or entertainment. I had people around me who said Cisco was so good that I should jump on it if I could. And that's the kind of kid I was at the time, or young adult I was. So I said, you know what, I won't let that opportunity pass me up. And I graduated early. And then I went out to the CSAP program in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's how I ended up here. What was the structure like for you? Was it still like the one-year program where it was first a bit of training and then on-the-job experience? Or how was that set up for you, if not the same? Yeah, so we did a full year 
of training, our first six months was very much like learning about Cisco, learning material, role playing. I'm sure you guys are doing role playing. And then the second half of that year was more about teaming up with account managers in the field and almost being like a virtual sales account manager to them, partnering up with them, learning how to do the territory. And then in the second six months, you'd have three territory visits for one week, one week, and two weeks before you would interview to come out to the program. And at that time, we stack ranked for our interviews. So if I wanted to go back to LA, I needed to end up number one on the stack rank because you could imagine we had 100 ASRs at the time. And there's a lot of people who wanted to go back to California, right? So uh, a bit of a, a difference there, I believe, from what we do today. But it was such a great time. It's such a great experience. I'm really enjoying the ASR track myself so far. And I was curious to hear how you found that the CSAP experience has, I guess, molded you into the career that you've had and the person that you've become today. That's a good question. That's like a, that puts me in a happy place, I think, when you ask me that question, because I think of it twofold. Like, one, the CSAP program has done wonders for me within my professional life, but also within my personal life as well. Maybe I'll start with the latter. In my personal life, I've gained best friends, lifelong friends. I've been best man in my roommate's wedding from the program. We do a boys trip every year. I'm so grateful to have made those friendships in the program and I keep them today. From a professional standpoint, it's unbelievable the opportunity the program gives us. Like whether you want to be an individual contributor at a great company like Cisco your whole career, or if you want to move up the ranks, like it's such a great foundation. Obviously myself being the vice president of a multi-billion dollar high growth organization is a tremendous opportunity. Like the CSAP program gave me that foundation. But my engineering partner, and I don't know if you know this Ella, is Mike Yin. And Mike Yin was in the program with me. So 16 years later, we started no quota at this company, living in apartments, going to this program, and now we're the head of sales for this multi-billion dollar growth organization, Mike Yin and myself. So it's really imprinted me in multiple ways. So I love hearing about how CSAP has positively affected you in both a professional and personal point of view. On a higher level, what do you feel is the strategic importance of a program like CSAP for Cisco as an organization? Yeah. Any organization of Cisco's size and diversity of portfolio needs to make sure that we have a full spectrum of views that are helping us make decisions that will help the organization be more successful. And when Cisco talks about full spectrum diversity, but full spectrum means gender, ethnicity, age orientation, geolocation, religious backgrounds, different beliefs. It's really about experiences that you need to bring into a room in order to diversify the conversation so that the outcome of what you produce for the market will be that much better. And when I think about the CSAP program, I mean, I try to hire as many people out of the program as possible because 
they give me that diversity. They give me that different point of view from a earlier in career generation of what that market might need now. So I can add into the conversation as we make decisions. But then the other thing that the program gives us, which we shouldn't skip over, is the opportunity to take amazing talent and grow it over time with a belief of this mutually beneficial exchange between Cisco and the individual of the impact that we can make for the company and for the world. And that program gives us next generation talent that will grow over time and get in strategic positions like we're in today. But also we just have a great belief in the organization. And that started at the CSAP program because it gave us that foundation. I really love that. Going back, were there any important lessons that you've learned either from CSAP or throughout your entire career so far? Be patient. In a larger organization, like sometimes we can feel like, hey, I want to be Chuck. (laughs) Hey, I want to be promoted very quickly. You know, once I got into the field, I realized that people waited a decade to get to Cisco. Like they worked themselves into a Cisco job in sales, sales mostly like that. That happens a lot. So being patient was key. Another key learning is simply being collaborative. There's so many obstacles that we can go through as salespeople that the more you share with others, they'll share with you. And then I I think the final piece, I often find myself and found myself in previous jobs in rooms with executives that have been doing it for 30 years. And I would question whether or not I should speak up with my point of view. And I realized probably about four years ago as I was starting to get in those rooms that my point of view really mattered and I really needed to share it unless they wouldn't have had me in the room. So that's something I've learned over time as well. It reminds me of that saying that's like, you should never be the smartest in the room because otherwise you won't have anyone to to learn from. And I feel like as someone who's early in career myself and most of, if not all of my peers are also very early in career, one of the harder things to do is to speak up in those environments that, for example, like in your case, where a lot of executives and people who are in much higher positions and it can be very daunting to speak up and to contribute. How did you, like you said, it only happened about four years ago. How did you get to that point where you affirmed and told yourself that your opinion actually does matter? I took a good look at where I was at in my career and some of the things I needed to continue to develop. Like I always believe in consistent development. And I realized this was an area that I must improve on if I was going to be a true executive at the organization, which is VP and above. So I actually invested in training. So I went through a training program that really challenged me to the core of the person I was, to why I didn't feel like I could speak up in those rooms. And I know that's me being a little bit vulnerable because I know that was an issue for me at the time, but getting to the deep like psychology of why I did not want to speak up, helped me get to a place where I could speak up. And I'm grateful that I was humble enough with myself and realistic enough with myself to go and make that investment in myself so that I could ultimately move forward and achieve some of the things that I wanted to do. 
I feel like vulnerability especially is a very powerful thing to exhibit and a trait to, to practice, whether it's in your personal and professional career. Okay, let's shift gears a bit. Okay. Because I think I've gotten a lot of really great insight from you about the CSAP program specifically so far. From a more from a broader point of view when it comes to, to Cisco, because you've been here from the very beginning of your career for about 16 years now. What are some of the, the major changes that you've personally seen from your first year 16 years ago to today? You know, on the technology side of the house for Cisco, I've seen this transformation from complicated but powerful technologies in which customers would have to go get deep levels of certifications in order to solve for the use cases that they have to this shift to a more simplistic agile approach with our cloud offerings that we have. But I think there's a bigger shift for me that keeps me at the organization. I think a, a huge shift has just been around our people and how much we put them first and how we try to create these environments that people can thrive in. And I credit a lot of that to the work that Fran has done. I think about her being in the role she's in today. She's really changed the mindset of the organization to that of one, if we put our people in the best position to be successful and we care deeply for them, then they will provide greater results, greater outcomes, and everyone will be happier ultimately from a company scenario and from a people scenario. And I have seen that. It wasn't that Cisco didn't put people first 16 years ago. I am not saying that. I am simply saying the focus on our people to make sure that they're in positions to thrive and that they're getting a holistic experience from Cisco and they're al allowed to have that balance in life. It seems like it's at the forefront of what our strategy is. And that really shows up in how Cisco shows up as a whole and the change I've seen over the course of 16 years. What else would you say is at the core of Cisco's vision in addition to, to that moving forward? What else would I say is at the core of Cisco's vision? So like internally, our people really matter, and that's clear. I think externally, this notion that we're going to create an inclusive future for all, that is very real with our executive team. And I'll give you an example. The investments that we make in different countries, third world countries, to help them stand up infrastructure is second to none. The way that we leverage our time to give back and to help create this full spectrum of diversity, not only within our company, but outside of our company, is also second to none. Now, I'll give you an example. I'm going out to Cisco Live, and I have two significant blocks on my calendar out of the three days, which a normal sales exec, like I would just go from customer to customer to customer. And if you just think about those two big blocks out of, let's say I have four hours or five hours to spend just in those two, two blocks. I mean, that's a significant investment that not just me, I feel like a lot of our executives do in order to create that inclusive future for all. I see. I love that. Do you have any other 
I guess, extracurriculars that you've picked up throughout the years in addition to mentoring, speaking at Cisco Live or par- participating in Cisco Live? Yeah, I tell all CSAPers that giving back to the schooling that you went to, like I speak at the University of Arizona still, Eller College. I go back and do conversations there. I speak at other local universities too, high school. There'll be communities you can give into. Like when I travel to Chicago, we'll be meeting with a board of diverse students there. So there will not be a shortage of things that you can get engaged in while you're on your journey here at Cisco. Is that something that you'd recommend CSAPers and people who are early in career to engage in? A hundred percent because there's two folds on it. One, it's just good to give back, at least for me. I feel good when I'm able to give back to the communities that's, that have given back to me. And that realm has to continue somewhere. Like if it's not you, then who? Secondarily, when I go speak at Eller or the University of Arizona, which was the Eller College of Business, I started that right out of the program. I started going there and speaking there right out of the program. What it allowed me to do is to get in front of large forums to speak. So maybe we had 200 people in the in the class for me to speak to. And it really kicked off my ability to speak in front of large audiences as well. So I think there's some development there too. And when you're speaking to like the head of a diversity volunteer group, you're speaking to like a CEO. So I think there's some career development there too. Now, if you fast forward, like I'll speak in front of thousands of people, speak to many different CEOs, CIOs, CTOs, and I wouldn't be as comfortable unless I did some of that volunteer work up front. They gave me a solid foundation. If you could go back and do anything differently when you just start out in your career or even in CSAP, what would it be, if anything? I would have been more in capturing my moments and being in the moment. I'll share with you what I mean by that. I think early in my career, I was really about moving quickly, being the best at everything, but I really didn't be in the moment. I was always looking like, what's next? And now having children, having been in the industry for a good amount of time, I really take the opportunity to pause and be in my moments and try to capture some moments too by like pictures and stuff by like that. So I think that's what I would told me is be in the moments that you're in and be present because it's the journey that really matters. The outcome of the journey will be a sliver of time compared to the actual journey. It's about the journey, not the destination. Isn't that how the saying goes? Yeah. I feel like being present is definitely a very hard skill, especially in this day and age with hustle culture and so, so many distractions. So I I really feel like that's something that all of us, especially myself, can really try to hone and, and see the benefits from moving forward. I once had an executive tell me that if you're multitasking in the meeting, then the meeting's not valuable enough to take up your time. I learned Mm, that maybe a decade into my career, but it's been one of the most helpful pieces of guidance I've ever gotten. As we are almost to the top of the hour, do you have any other last pieces of advice or words of wisdom for our listeners, either those in Cisco or early in career? those looking to join CSAP. Well, Ella, I will thank you for having me on today. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you and the audience. Obviously, I have a fond spot in my heart for the program 
and just am such a big believer in it. I would hope that those who are listening, if there was like maybe one thing that you took, like took away that you can kind of write down and try to take forward. Like I know some of this has been like a lot of the good moments, what I've experienced here at Cisco, but I would also say there's very hard moments as well. If you are in the program, the opportunity to make friends and to create a network will help you get through those good times and those bad times. And I think one of the biggest things that I took from the actual program, which you mentioned earlier and you asked me, and I'm so happy that you did, was just the amount of lifelong friends, regular friends, networking colleagues that I was able to create during the program that I will never lose. I will never lose. And I hope that outside of just the traditional work that the program provides, that everyone's taking the opportunity to get to know each other and make some friends along the way because they'll be very helpful as you shape your career and personal journey along the way. So thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being on. It's it's an absolute honor and thank you for being so candid and so vulnerable as well. I think you've given a lot of great insight into how CSAP has shaped you. And it's been very humbling to, to learn about and to listen to. So thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it.